Hello, welcome back to the Man About Podcast. Uh, we haven't done one of these in a little while. It's been about a month, but here we are back again. I'm joined by Lily, as always. Hello. And we've got returning our friend Nick. Hello. Hello. So today is going to be quite a casual one. We're just going to talk about video games. Um, all three of us have played a few. Yeah, the video game conversation has been pending for quite some time, and I think it's about time. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mana Burnt isn't all about video games, but most of the stuff I put on there is about video games. <laughs> most that's, of it. That's where I come from in terms of uh, geeky stuff. You know, I started with video games as a kid and uh, only got into board games and RPGs within the last six or seven years. Um, so, yeah, I think to kick it off, uh, I think we'll just start with our background in terms of video games. Like, what games did we start off with? What was very important to our video game development uh, in our in our uh, childhood and things like that, and how that's uh, shaped us into what we're into now. I I think I have the most embarrassing and interesting stories, so I'm very happy to start if you like. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, um, I, I mean, as, as everyone knows now, my, you know, my parents are massive gamers. Uh, my mom particularly, and I remember spending God countless hours seeing them play um, computer games, you know, in, in the old school, early 90s PCs mm -hmm. that could hardly load a screen at a time. Um, and one of the first things I saw them playing was um, Civilization and Doom. My mom used to have this habit of if she had had a really bad day at work, she would go home, she would load Doom, she would pick the chainsaw and the yeah. cheat of invulnerability and just start killing shit. Brilliant. Just like that. <laughs> and I would be watching her uh, doing this uh, at the sweet, sweet age of, what, six or something like that? <laughs> you know, a very, very safe childhood. But actually, the first game I remember playing in that computer, and here is where the laugh comes, so, you know, you can go judging if you like, but I don't care, was actually the PC game for Barbie fashion design. <laughs> of like okay. 1997 oh, hardcore. <laughs> nice um and you know haters gonna hate whatever i don't care but it was actually a really cool game um okay. like, like i don't think there were many games that did that sort of stuff um in computer at least you know back then it was very much like the um sort of uh paper dolls that me and my auntie used to have when we were little and you can sort of you know swap the clothes accordingly but, you know, here, the cool thing was that um, you actually got to play with textures and colors. And it was actually quite educational, not just about dressing up your Barbie, as you're probably thinking I was doing. <laughs> um, so okay. it, it was quite engaging because, you know, out of the blue, it was not just I go pick up a Barbie, put some clothes on it. It was, a, oh, OK, this T-shirt can be many colors and it can have these weird patterns on it. And what happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? Um, and it was actually really creative. Um, right. And and maybe, maybe this will explain now uh, to some of our readers why I play yeah. silly, silly games like Love Nikki. You are all welcome. <laughs> yeah. So what's that? What's that? That's the... Uh... <laughs> mobile game which is about fashion design as well yeah well it's actually it's a fashion rpg there is a ridiculous amount of story into it um i will <laughs> not go into the depths of it okay because i don't think anyone wants to hear that but it is technically a fashion rpg and it's very yeah. thoughtful 
it's very thorough and the community is very nice which is actually one of the reasons why i like oh nice because you know mobile and online games these days tend to be a bit vicious and it's not quite the case here but yes this is how the the dark mysterious background of lily being into fashion games started (laughs) well yeah uh, there's a definite there's definite thread there um (laughs) through your video game past that's interesting Uh, I mean, if I if I go back to the first PC game I played, there's no thread there because I my first one was the Pingu game. Oh, Pingu! I <laughs> when I was probably like five years old or something, um, on our first PC, uh, like a Windows ninety five or something. Um, but yeah, uh, no, the the first game I really got into was uh, Super Mario sixty four on the N sixty four. Yep. But again, with that, there's not much of a link there because after that, I basically never had another Nintendo console again. Yeah, and you're and, not uh, much of a platformer player anyway, are you? No, not really, no. I don't have a lot of nostalgia for that sort of thing, despite that being my first like proper game I played. And that was like all I played for the first few years. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but there's some other things that were more important to me later, like um, mostly PC stuff. Uh, so quite early on, I was playing Age of Empires and stuff like that, which was, I think, the first one came out in the mid-90s. But yeah. I played the second one mostly, which came out in 98, I think, or something like that. I believe so. Um, but yeah, Age of Empires 2 is still one of my favorite, most favorite games of all time. And, I mean, people should know what it is, but if they don't, it's just the it's <laughs> the classic RTS. The It's pretty much what all other real-time strategy games were modeled upon after that. And it just still holds up so well to this day. And oh, you can see that by yeah. the the version they released on Steam a few years ago. It's mm. still just, there's a thriving like online community for it. And there has been for, you know, two decades or more, pretty much. Yeah, and a competitive um, scene too. People run I tournaments for I, Age of Empires. I yeah. wasn't as big yeah. on Age of Empires as I was on Civilization. But I think, you know, my parental bias there may have had something to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, for me, it was because my older cousin and my uncle played a lot of it. So, yeah, there is a there is a like a competitive scene for it. But when it came out again recently on PC and I tried to play online, I realized how inadequately just awful I am at that game <laughs> against real people. Because yeah, I think yeah. all I used to do as a kid was just like build pretty little towns and like nice, you know, castles and stuff and defend it from just like easy AI. But I play against real people online, and they're already like coming at me with a full army by the time I'm building my second house. So, turns out I'm not that good against RTSs, despite playing them for most of my life. I think this is a core issue in RTS games. Uh, like mm. many of us uh, grew up playing like Warcraft three and in the first mm. Starcraft and Command and Conquer games. And oh man, Command and Conquer! So these right. And uh, when you're young, you only have your friends to play and you think you're good because you can beat your friends yeah and in in some cases people uh you know have this self-esteem of like well yeah i'm a good warcraft player i've always have and then you go online and uh you you face the fact that you're not very good not at all yeah (laughs) i think in a in a lot of cases my problem is that i'm just not very competitive like yeah Throughout my whole life, I've never, I've never been driven by wanting to win. I just want to 
just have fun through the process. You know, I don't want the game to end by me winning. I just want to keep playing. So <laughs> that was my issue a lot of the time. Yep, same with me. Definitely. Yeah, and in in that sort of game as well, if if you don't have the competitive spirit, it, it kind of defeats the point, isn't it? I mean, yeah. that's that's actually one of the first memories I have of playing RTSs, and in this case, Civilization, is my mom and my dad shouting at each other because, you know, why are you killing my poor traders with your spaceships? <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't have that sort of motivation going in the background, the game just essentially becomes, you know, like you said, oh, I'm going to build this bucolic, idealistic world. Yeah. And hope that everything just turns fine. Yeah. So what about you, Nick? What, what, did, you, what did you enjoy early on? Well, I actually have a very vivid memory of my first like serious gaming experience um, because we're back in the early 90s. Uh, not a lot of kids had computers, mm-hmm. but I had one because my father was an accountant. Uh, oh. So there was this one summer uh, where I was sent uh, in the mountains to live with my granny for the summer. It was like one month. And nice. for nice. some reason, we didn't have TV there in her house. Uh, I'm pretty sure we didn't have like phone and wow. the radio only had one station in it. Oh God. So, yeah. Yeah. It was an exile, uh, <laughs> but I had my 486, uh, with black and white monitor and like windows 95 and everything. Wow. And I remember that I had doom. I had cosmos cosmic encounter, which is, oh wow. Was it cosmic adventure? But it's like a very old platformer. Yeah. And I had Golden Axe, which is probably still one of my favorite games ever. Oh, nice. So I spent the entire month just playing through Doom and Golden Axe. And I remember the, the moment when I defeated the final boss, Death Other. I had like the adrenaline rushing and I, I felt my heart beating and it was like a, an intense moment. So yeah, <laughs> this this was definitely like a memorable experience. I I must have been like six years old or something. Nice. And yeah, and never since then I've been a gamer. I've identified as gamer. I've always had like a decent computer, and we played tons of like Warcraft three. Uh, we played lots of shooters like uh-huh. classic Counter Strike, Half Life, all that. Oh god! I yeah. also enjoyed like story games, and since. I'm from Eastern Europe. Heroes 3 was definitely an important part of my okay. gaming life. Uh, it's, well, you know, it's only the best game ever. <laughs> I, you it's, know, I've never what? actually heard of Heroes 3 f- before, so you're going to have to wow, do some elaboration. Is, okay. okay. Um, so it's a strategy game. Uh, basically, you, you have a castle, a starting castle, and a starting hero. And you build little buildings in your castle mm-hmm. uh, to drain units to amass an army and go take over other castles. Uh, but it's extremely deep. There's tons of like races and uh, they have all uh, like intricacies. The different soldiers have different like strengths and weaknesses and there's spells that you can learn. There's items mm. that you can equip to your heroes. It's crazy. Like people take 10, 15 years to study this game. And okay. they still find new things. Oh and God. then we have Russia, uh, and Russians produce uh, fan content and still support the game to this day. It came out in, I'm not sure, but maybe 2000, 
2, something like this. Yeah. It's a very good game. And there's two unofficial expansions that are absolutely great. So okay. this game is really, really big in Eastern Europe mm. for whatever reason. And back in the day, if you're a kid, you go to the like uh, internet cafe or at home, and this is yeah. what people play and they're passionate about. Oh, wow. And also the other crazy thing is that you can see like a 30-year-old uh, like classic nerdy guy, mathematician kind kind of guy, uh, sit and play with a nine-year-old kid. And oh, that's adorable. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a turn-based game, it's not an action game, so you can mm. take okay. your time and explain what's going on. And when you're a kid, you're like, wow, this is fascinating. I didn't know all this stuff. And then mm. those guys, they would also like find satisfaction in teaching a, a, a young kid something cool. So it was this like cultural thing almost. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've always found it interesting how the how uh, gaming for a long time and probably still is quite different between like Western and Eastern Europe. Because my oh, yeah, uh, sure. half of my family is from Serbia, so I, I go over there and I, I used to get a lot of influence from my older cousin from Serbia um, in terms of gaming. So that's why a lot of my earlier memories is like PC gaming because. No, pretty much no one had a console. Everyone just had PCs. Exactly. For the most part. The ironic yeah. thing is, uh, at least back in the day, uh, consoles was what rich kids had because like, yeah. PlayStation was considered a luxury, and yeah, yeah. most people had a computer anyway to work. So yeah, and uh, in Western Europe and and the US, it's it's the opposite really because the console is like the yeah. budget friendly option. Uh, but we didn't get this here. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think that's this is the reason Eastern Europe in general has this strong PC culture. It translates mm -hmm. to esports now. We have these like Russian CS:GO teams and all that. So mm, yeah, Dota is big too. Yeah, the little I know about esports, it's mostly PC dominated, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yes, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting how how that happens, and then from that you find that different genres of games become bigger so like on a pc you're going to get far better strategy games far better rpgs and things like that whereas on console you end up with completely different things hmm. um so that's yeah. why a lot of my favorite genres of games to this day um strategy games we've already talked about um and rpgs and then a few shooters but more the sort of uh, hardcore style pc shooters rather than the stuff you'd get on a console um, yeah, and I, I think, you know, I, I had never thought about that, Alex, but I think you're absolutely right, because as much as I started playing um, on the PC, my my main thing is that I've always been a Nintendo girl. Yeah. So, um, like, you know, Nick, you were saying how, you know, having a console was for rich kids. Well, I, I got really lucky. And um, for my first communion, which is this thing that happens in Catholic countries, if you don't come from a Catholic country, you know, this is probably going to sound really alien. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you have a Catholic family, you have this sort of big celebration when you are around nine years old or something like that, where you sort of join the uh, Christian community. And, and it's usually quite a, you know, a big, important thing. It's not so much anymore. But, you know, when I was little in the early 90s and, and late 90s, this was still a very, very big part of Spanish culture. So my mm. godfather and, and your godparents are supposed to be like a very important figure in, in this entire process. And they always um, contribute to the to the whole sort of uh, event with some form of important gift or special gift. 
And my godfather had the incredible insight to buy me a Nintendo 64. Um, a Nintendo 64, which was not so much aimed to just me, but the entire family. I was actually not the first person to, per to play that Nintendo 64. It was actually my mom to make sure, quote unquote, that the game is working correctly. <laughs> oh, yeah. And also um, to test it for poison, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, my, my mom is a complete addict of platform games and it came with uh, Super Mario 64. So I realized that nice. at the age of nine, I was absolutely rubbish at playing platformers. So, you know, my mom pretty much was playing this. But one of one of the games I really enjoyed playing in, in the 64, and that became very much a, a memory that I've cherished since then, was playing Mario Tennis. Okay. And I know this may sound really bizarre, but you know, like you said, you perhaps don't expect that sort of sports game um, unless it's something like Football Manager or something like that, to be on the PC. Um, yeah. But yeah, Mario but... Tennis was super fun, and so was Mario Golf as a result of it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't as good as Mario Golf as I was at Mario Tennis, but it was it was one of those games that I I remember so fondly playing, you know, as a as a young kid. And I'm not so young, you know. Sometimes when I go home now, still, and my Nintendo 64 still works, I hook it up, and I can still, you know, I can still enjoy it. Um, but yeah, most people kind of just go like, what? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's slightly different these days because you have the Wii and obviously you have all of the new things for um, Xbox and whatnot. And these type of games are perhaps now a bit more popular because of the interaction that you get. That's Yeah, that's motion controls and VR yeah. and stuff, yeah. Exactly. But, you know, um, <laughs> I guess I'm pretty weird. It was, it was <laughs> Mario Tennis. And if it wasn't Mario Tennis, it was actually the Star Wars pod racing game, which oh, was yeah. the coolest game in the universe. I spent... This game. That was yeah. one I wish I had when I was a kid, yeah. Ah, I, I literally it only ever had Mario 64, and that's it. I don't know why I'd, I'd never got a new game. That was all I had until uh, until I jumped to PlayStation 2. That was my next console um, yeah. when I was nine yeah. years old. I never actually varied from... We were always a Nintendo household, so Nintendo mm. 64. Then when the GameCube came out, it was a Christmas present, and again, it was very much aimed to be sort of a collective um, family thing and then it was the Nintendo Wii when it came out for my mom's birthday um, and again as a you know uh, family activity because my sister was now a bit older and she very much enjoyed well you know playing Wii sports and that sort of stuff and doing knees yeah. and being cute <laughs> um, but yeah I, I think that's also the reason why I don't really get along with um, PlayStation and, and Xbox games these days because it kind of feels like I've, I've missed that um, I'm not. I'm not that interested. You know, it's just exactly the same stuff I can play on PC, but on a controller yeah. that my hands can't actually utilize because I'm tiny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Spain has a very strong Nintendo culture. Actually, yeah, most of my Spaniard uh, friends are really into Mario. Yeah, we <laughs> we do. Um, and I think actually it's not so much because of the big consoles but because of the portable consoles like the yeah. game boys uh you know yeah. the, the original brick gray game boy and the game boy color um and particularly I, I mean i'm sure when my sister was younger and you know the the later stages of uh, nintendo game boy advance and obviously the the ds came out i swear every single kid in the city would have it um so yes i i think you're right there is for, for whatever reason because i don't really know 
why or how. But well, Nintendo the is, is Pokemon, yeah. probably. Well, yeah, yeah most <laughs> likely. <laughs> I suspect so. But yeah, no, Nintendo Nintendo does have. I've known a lot more Spanish people as well that have, uh, or or have had a Nintendo rather than people from the UK, for example. Mm, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't really say. Like you know, you can sort of say for like Bulgaria and other countries around there, or for Spain, these sort of trends. But I don't really know what I'd say for the UK. Like, there's just a bit of everything here. Um, maybe more console focused, uh, just in general, like PlayStation and Xbox these days and stuff like that. But um, I've kind of flip flopped over the years. Like, like I said, I started off with a Nintendo 64. And then only played one game on that. And then I played PC games for most of my younger childhood. And then I got a PS2. And PS2 was when I properly got into gaming then. Um, that that was like the, the golden age of gaming for me, the PS2 the era. Age of there were just so many PS2. good games on the PS2. <laughs> no, for me, definitely. Um, you know, some of my favorite games on that. Like, I, I discovered Metal Gear Solid on the PS2. Oh, I, yes. I skipped the PS1, so I never got the first game until later. But uh, that's one of my favorite game series of all time now, Metal Gear Solid. Um, so when I just randomly discovered that on PS2 without knowing what the hell it was, my mind was blown because it's just so just weird, just absolutely insane story. And uh, just the gameplay is so good to this day. It's, you know, in a lot of ways ahead of its time. Um, I won't go on about Metal Gear too much. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, um, PS2 in general has one of the like strongest catalogs. You have like, Shadow yeah. of the Colossus and the God of War games. Oh, oh yeah. God, right. yes. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, it, yeah. For some strange reason, I don't know if maybe it's because things have been re-released or something, but I always associate all of these games with PlayStation 3. But I think that's okay. actually when I was most exposed, you know, when the PlayStation 3 came out, that's actually... Uh, when I actually, um, and I think it's probably because of uni. Uh, a lot of people, yeah. when I went to uni, seem to have PlayStation 3, and I just know it better than the others. Um, yeah. Not even PlayStation 4. I don't care about PlayStation 4, to be honest. Um, <laughs> well, it's interesting because uh, certain, depending on which console is like the one on top of that generation, uh, you know, you'll see most people have that. So PS2 was like the dominant one, and then it flipped to the Xbox 360. That That became the big one and had the most, you know, most games on it and stuff, but unfortunately, I went the other way and decided to stick with PlayStation, and I went to mm. PlayStation Three as well. But that was when online gaming, in terms of consoles, started to get really big, and uh, I was like on my own on my PlayStation Three while everyone else was playing <laughs> on their Xboxes together. <laughs> so, well, yeah. PlayStation did win the next generations. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. In the current generation now, yeah, the PS people say the PS Four is like the the best one now. So, um, but Again, I flip-flopped again, and I went back to becoming like a fully-fledged PC gamer uh, around sort of like, yeah, (laughs) best way to game. And actually, I think these days I'm I'm mostly a PC gamer just because it's convenience. Like you said, Nick, you know, you work on a PC, you already have it. It's Mm. simply easier and and cheaper. um, Yeah, depending on what we we want to do. Yeah, if there's more option. Um, and I am one of those uh, rare people who actually use a controller for most of their games on PC. Ew. So yeah, I know. Ew. So I kind of get the best of both worlds. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm I mean the option's there if you want to. That's what's good about exactly. it. Exactly. I do yeah. have a beautiful mechanical keyboard. Don't you worry. But <laughs> I also have a, a beautiful uh, Xbox One controller with. Yeah, it depends on the game. 
yeah, I'll, I'll I'll plug in my uh, PS4 controller, and you know, if there's like third-person action games or um, things with driving in or something like that, I'll use a controller over a keyboard and mouse. Oh yeah, I play a lot of platformers, and they are okay. almost always better with with yeah. controller. Okay, fine, I'll give but you it's that. It's a matter of personal preference. I don't play Overwatch on a controller, so <laughs> don't worry. Well, yeah, it's a it's a distinct disadvantage in a in a in a shooter for sure definitely but isn't that actually i mean you two will know about this much more than i do but isn't that actually like a very hot topic for the sort of elite and pro players of um esports particularly you know things like that like overwatch and um whatnot whether you're actually playing with a controller or with keyboard and mouse yeah not anymore uh it used to be a, a discussion uh especially like around 2016 when Overwatch came out initially. Mm. Uh, I remember that Blizzard tried to make uh, cr- uh, cross-platform a thing, and they mm-hmm. said, "Okay, we have uh, Overwatch for Xbox and PlayStation, and also for PC, and people can play together." And most of of the people, like of press and fans, everybody was like, "What are you mental? Like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> if somebody is playing with mouse and keyboard, they will obliterate the other guy." And I remember Jeff Kaplan was like, oh, no, no, uh, you see, there's uh, people who are really skilled. They're very impressive with their controller skills. And this thing ran for like a couple of months, I think, and they killed it. (laughs) So (laughs) we have empirical proof that, yes, mouse and keyboard is superior for first-person shooters. It's not not a discussion anymore. Uh, But some games do make it work, like Rocket League has a very successful... Yeah, that's it, Rocket League cross-platform play uh, they have no issues yeah. there well that's uh, not a shooter though but uh, yeah exactly uh, it's and, pretty good with either yeah exactly uh, but competitive first-person shooters uh they keep them separate definitely yeah also no, yeah. like battle royale games uh, like mm. Fortnite runs on mobile and pc but yeah. not on the same server for obvious reasons yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's uh, just too much of a handicap for uh one player over the other it just you can't balance it and also there's uh, on console there's mechanics like uh, aim assist uh, yeah. which you can't really use on on pc not competitively so yeah this is yeah. another issue yeah i mean i don't mind playing some games where with shoot you know, shooters and things on console but only single player cuz uh, I, I just i just can't deal with trying to be competitive with a controller and being quick with shooting on you just can't deal with being competitive in general. No, yeah, I mean. yeah. I, I get a little bit competitive. I need to get good at a game first, and then I'll get competitive. Um, but if it's if it's already too hard, too much of a barrier of entry to play online in a certain game, then I just oh, don't yeah. bother. <laughs> and in no. the end of the day, it's just a matter of preference. Like you play yeah, games just to fun. have fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there is a reason all the pros use mice and keyboards so yeah 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 um but yeah i just wanted to go back a bit and um mention some more games from our past like i think i'm right in saying we're all fans of rpgs oh yeah but um i don't know about you two like i played video game rpgs first before i played things like D &D and stuff like that I didn't, <laughs> but yeah. that's fine. Yeah. So, so for me, yeah, like, <laughs> okay, yeah. So it's a bit of a different background there because I, 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 before I even knew what an RPG was, uh, even in video games, I would just I would just role play in games already. 
um, you know, I'd play shooters and things and get in character and stuff mm. like that. Um, and then I discovered things like uh, Morrowind and um, mm. Never Winter Nights as well was one of my first Never uh, Winter Nights RPGs. was such a good video yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I, I played those, uh, but the, the two that really hooked me into um, RPGs and stuff was uh, Knights of the Old Republic and uh, Fable. And I think in those, it was their morality systems that really got me into mm. role-playing. Um, you know, being good versus evil, or dark side versus light side in Star Wars. Um, and yeah, so I, I just loved those games so much, even so much that this was before I got back into PC gaming. And I think the Xbox 360 was already out, but I went and bought an old Xbox just so I could play Fable and... Um, oh. And the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic as well. Um, awesome. But yeah, I just I just love those RPGs, and um, yeah, this this was all before I really even knew what like D and D and tabletop RPGs were at all. But I guess you two had a different experience there. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I had been playing RPGs for a long time, and yeah. I had been playing video games um, just for as long. Um, I think actually the first RPG I played on the PC was Diablo. Okay. Um, the, the the original Diablo, which it's not a very glamorous game. Like there's yeah. a lot of hype about it, and I think it's because it's, you know perceived as a cult classic. But even if you yeah. look at the most recent Diablo, it's just the same bloody game. You know, it's not changed. The yeah, aesthetic those... has improved a little, but it's the same thing. Those almost don't really count to me as uh, RPGs. You know, I'm quite strict no. with what I call an RPG. And of course, but you certain know, games back... like that, there's not much actually like story no. or roleplay to them. No, but you know, back in the day, Diablo was the RPG. Yeah. It was it yeah. was the standard of the industry. So it's you know it's actually quite difficult because um, for many years, you know, what I understood to be video game RPGs was just rubbish. You know, which is Crap. Yeah. <laughs> in comparison to what I could do on tabletop, and it wasn't actually until um, until I was pr- properly thrown into um, Lord of the Rings Online and um, Skyrim <laughs> that I got into uh, video game RPGs. Properly. So yeah, it's quite a bit later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so in- interestingly, as much as I've been an RPG player since pff, pretty much I was conceived. As a video <laughs> gamer, I I came into it's it's completely the opposite thing than you. I came into RPG yeah. video gaming quite late. Um, well, I think it makes sense because you know I was always searching for more engaging RPGs until mm. I found D and D, and I I think that's better than video game RPGs now. So uh, I can see skipping over the, the video games <laughs> in, that, yeah. in that aspect. Um, yeah, what about you, Nick? Well, I think I stand somewhere in between the two of you oh. uh, because I've been playing video games since little kid and I've always liked RPGs. Um, I, I played lots of Diablo, just like Lily. Mm-hmm. Um, I also played lots of Heroes uh, and uh, Heroes has like RPG elements uh, yeah. because mm-hmm. you can go on quests and find items and stuff like this. However, uh, language was a problem with me because mm. I struggled with English a lot as a kid and uh, nobody really uh, localizes video games in Bulgarian. Mm. So basically we had to help each other and progress slowly through, through stories in games. It was a whole thing. Uh, mm. So when my English became better, 
I started paying more attention to stories and started playing more story-oriented games. Okay. And once I was comfortable with Dungeons and Dragons, I learned the system. I remember that I discovered Neverwinter Nights. Mm. I was like, oh, I can I can roll my character just like in, in D&D 3.5 yeah. and I know exactly what I'm doing. And this was, I think, the, the, the first RPG that I finished and I, I felt amazing about it. And ever since then, I've played a lot of RPGs, but I've always tended to like action RPGs more. Okay. So the the hack and slashy ones uh, were were the ones I prefer over like Baldur's Gate and stuff like this. But I've always played both, and I've played lots yeah. of RPGs. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, well, I think that kind of does it for for going over like old games i mean i'm sure there's plenty more we could oh, uh, yeah, there's more but ramble about episode. but um <laughs> uh what have we all been playing recently anything anything interesting anyone got anything well i'm sure you guys have probably been playing a lot more than me so other than love nikki and we will leave it as it is there <laughs> <laughs> um i think there, there is actually a little video game that i i love playing um because it's just easy and you know when you're dealing with uh, work and phd thesis and research and whatnot um sometimes getting involved into something that has a very complex storyline can be a bit draining yeah. so i i've as of late or at least since i started my phd properly i've been playing more sort of um, resource management games and things like that simply to you know detach myself from the overload and there is this um, game, I've, I've written a review about it for Mana Burned a couple of years ago, I'm sure. I think it's in Spanish. But the game is called um, Metro. Um, it's on Steam, I think. Oh, do you mean Mini Metro? Yeah, Mini Metro. <laughs> Metro um, is a bit different. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, I don't know how much it goes for on Steam. I, I think I bought it for like a fiver at the time. And it's it's nice because you're just there trying to plan all of these routes and lines, and it's soothing being able to organize chaos. Mm. <laughs> it's it's the main reason why I play it. And and the thing is, depending on which mode you choose, you can play the game for as long or as little as you want. So yeah. in in terms of you know something that I play regularly without necessarily going over the top, Metro certainly, um, and of course uh, Total War Two because Warhammer Total War Two. I mean, yeah. do I even need more of an explanation? Um, of course. You know, I started playing Warhammer at the sweet age of 11 years old as the only Skaven player in the entirety of the city. <laughs> uh, and when I knew that the rats were back in the game, there I was, straight in, killing yeah. some, yeah. well, anything that would come, come around, really. <laughs> mostly I... other rats and mostly <laughs> things like that. But yeah, I think, I think Total War 2... Warhammer Total War 2 is certainly been yeah early. by the way it's a crime that this game is not actually called Total Warhammer yeah I yeah. know I know yeah. and in fact Alex can tell you when they originally announced that the first volume was going to come out that's actually what I said the game should be called yeah Total well, Warhammer said it, but yeah I think yeah, too bad GW you are, are way too protective of the yeah. IP so yeah, yeah. It's, it's they're they're all over that game keeping it protecting their stuff like they want their name to be separate from total war in the title and then other things like um they really limited the amount of modding that can happen in their in those games because mm. uh total war has always had great uh 
modding community. And oh, yeah. yeah. Lord of the Rings as I've, amazing. Yeah. Mm. And as I've written about on Manabun before, modding is just my favorite thing about video games. Yep. <laughs> um, and yeah, the uh, like in Medieval 2, the, uh, the Third Age Total War, the Lord of the Rings, the full Lord of the Rings conversion. Um, mm. And then it's got like several sub mods for it that make it even better. And it's like a fully fledged Lord of the Rings Total War game. It's a bit dated now because it's based on an old game, yeah. but they can never do that again because they they limit the amount of modding you can do in in Total War games, and pretty much everyone does to their games these days. But even more so with uh, Warhammer Total War because just Games Workshop didn't want you to be able to edit the models of anything. Yep. They didn't want you to be able to mess with their map or anything like that. And you know, I think it's a shame because the actual hobby itself—it's all about customization. Yeah. You buy your army, and even though your army may be a Skaven army, it looks different from that other guy down the road, who also has a Skaven army. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I think I think that's been a bit of a dig into yeah. you know into the community as across across platforms. I mean, people still try. Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> there's still great mods for for uh, the Warhammer Total War games, um, and I play campaigns with about like 40 of them active at any one time but they all do very minor things and um, yeah. and, and credit uh, where credit is due the game itself is amazing oh god so yeah they yeah. really did a good job yeah, yeah thankfully it doesn't need a lot of modding no, <laughs> to make and, it and you know that that, that is a very fair point you know if, if it was rubbish or if they hadn't delivered on their behalf i could certainly understand everyone trying yeah. to you know, improve the looks or uh, mechanics of it but yeah yeah, it's 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 fair enough. We can agree on that one. Yeah. <laughs> we had a period with a lot of uh, crappy 40k games. And oh God, yes. Yeah, there's still not many great 40k ones. Uh, well, there there are gems here and there. Here and like there. Armada and stuff, uh, but but yeah, and and Dawn of War obviously. It's, it's still yeah, wonderful. although apparently Dawn of War three uh, wasn't great. Oh yeah, we don't talk about it. Uh, but... That's what I've skipped over <laughs> as well. Yeah, um, I, I mostly meant the first one. Yeah, the first one, the second one's pretty good. It was a weird like RPG hybrid because it was based on your squads and your mm. yeah. and not so much building and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it sort of hey, makes sense. Fantasy, fantasy has some amazing games. I'm a huge Vermintide fan. Speaking oh, of yeah. Cave and Lily, I don't know mm. if, if you've played Vermintide, but I've played it's, both of them a lot. It's on my list. I've been. <laughs> the problem is, I know if I dig into something like Vermintide, that's that's me enslaved to yeah. the computer um so i am yeah. i am waiting there is a few things that i am waiting to actually play once um i finish my research such as uh -huh. the new um ah, the new tycoon roller coaster oh um ah, what's it Planet called coaster uh, yeah. yeah i i love tycoon games tycoon yeah. games are fun that's a time um, sink so you need to get so into that Exactly, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> it's it's one of those things of I, I, a lot of the stuff that's been coming out, it's, it is there waiting for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, Ver Vermintide, Vermintide 2 is an amazing game. I love it. Um, mm. Yeah, me yeah. and a few of my friends play it all the time. It's such a good co-op game. Um, so well made, yeah. Well, the playthroughs that I've seen of it just look genuine as well you know it like the sort of stuff that will happen if you have skaven involved in a storyline based yeah. on the lore you know completely yeah. bizarro there's not a ton of story in it but uh, no 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 yeah. but you know the, the oh, there's of, just enough i'd say yeah and it's got a lot of replayability you can play yes. it endlessly so. yeah i was just going to since you you mentioned that you don't have lots of 
time to, to play Vermintide. I was going to say, well, it's just 13 missions without the DLC. <laughs> but then, <laughs> it's just 13 missions, but they all have like five difficulty levels. Yeah. yeah. Five, five different characters to play as. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then when you level them up, they've each got three different classes. Um, so Actually, there's a lot, lot in there. My Steam open right now. So I can tell you for sure. But I have only 10 hours in Vermintide 2 because it's not my favorite. But I have ah. um, 111 in Vermintide 1. All oh, right. So it's just, oh, okay. just like that. Interesting. Just casual yeah. talk then. <laughs> I, I, sure I, I completed the entire Vermintide 1. Like I did everything there is to do with Soul Spire, yeah. the best. Oh, character. yeah. He's my favorite as well. Yeah. yeah he's the, the, the dual pistols for sure. Right. Um, and the rapier, love it, good combo. Um, no, yeah, I love I love Vermintide too. I played that way more. I I got the first one, but no one else wanted to buy it. I couldn't convince anyone, so I had no one to play with. Um, but then the second one, I've played nearly a hundred hours in it now. So, um. <laughs> well, good news is they 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 keep building it, and uh, next uh, we'll have Beastman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that should add some interesting things. The combination of Skaven, uh, Chaos, and and Beastmen. So. Yeah, Nurgle in particular. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good game. Uh, yeah. What else? Yeah, that's that's two of my biggest games I've been playing. Like my main games for the past year have been Warhammer Fantasy games, and considering I never have been into Warhammer before. Um, they're two of my favorite games now, Vermintide and um, and Warhammer Total War. So yeah, it's just a matter of time before you start buying models. Mm. Well, I bought a few just to paint, but I, I oh, don't yeah. think I'll really play the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, wow. it's 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 got me into Warhammer Fantasy enough that I want to try and uh, do the uh, Warhammer Fantasy RPG. Um, the, well, the new one that came out recently. It's funny you should say that. We just started our Warhammer RPG campaign this week. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, we're doing this right now. Um, yeah, we, my uh, colleagues from my former office uh, called me and they were like, hey, do you want to play some Warhammer Fantasy play? There's a new book. And hmm. we did, and it was amazing. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, yeah, you're playing the new fourth edition then. Yes, and yeah. I play uh, a character from Kislev. His name is Ivan. Oh, oh nice. I know it when somebody calls him Johan because it's not his name. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so cool. You know, interestingly, the, the first um, edition of the uh, Warhammer RPG uh, was actually one of the first RPGs that I played with people that were not um, from home, from the family. Mm. So Ooh. it's always been a, a game that I've had very dear. And my yeah. first character ever um, in that game was a very, very poorly rolled thief from Nuln <laughs> um, nice. that actually became a super awesome badass assassin um, that uh, got involved in some pretty <laughs> hardcore plot uh, with Dark Elves in um in um the new world uh on a ship which ended Ooh. up crashing and we all died no one survived that mission. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no one i was just that. going to say oh. becoming awesome uh whatever in warhammer yeah is it just means you statistical die. probability yeah it seems <laughs> hard yeah it seems brutal yeah, yeah. i yeah, can't wait no. to play it yeah it's, it's um, no, I've never played. I've never played the uh, Warhammer Fantasy RPGs before, so I'm, I'm going to try and uh, uh, GM the new one and uh, see how that goes. Oh. Um, Lily's playing in it. She's 
rolled and another criminal, it seems. I don't I don't mean it. I don't know how these characters of dubious <laughs> backgrounds keep on coming to me. All yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be me. it should be an interesting game though, because uh Lily's rolled over just some random lowly criminal and then two of the other characters have rolled like high elves and one of them is a noble. So I don't know how they're going to fit together, but... Uh, we'll uh, yeah, we don't have this problem. Our group is a thief, a smuggler, a <laughs> sailor, and something else. So it's... Okay. It all goes together well. Yeah, we're clearly a pirate crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we're, now we're just looking for a ship to steal and we can start our career. Yep. But everybody nice. knows that, yeah, yeah, we're just pirates. So yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm quite happy with this. Nice. But anyway, well, uh, we should discuss RPGs probably some other podcast. Uh, oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's current, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> there's the Warhammer. Playing lots of Hades uh, recently, and I'm, I'm all about that. Uh, What's that? Not sure if you're familiar. No, uh, do you I'm know Supergiant Games? Uh, I've heard of them. What, what yeah, they're, they're my absolutely favorite studio uh they made a game called bastion back in the day yeah. oh yeah action bastion, RPG. Yeah. yes then they made transistor which is yeah mm -hmm. claimed uh then they made pyre and now uh they just launched their fourth game it's in early access which was a bit of a surprise mm. uh it's an action rpg in the style of bastion uh but it's greek mythology uh, you're the okay. son of hades uh, and uh, you try to escape from the underworld and oh. go in the land of the living. Uh, and it's procedurally generated dungeon crawler. Mm -hmm. uh, so every time the map is different, the enemies are different, but the goal is the same. You're meant to escape the dungeon. Okay. And the game has very clever way of explaining this. They're like, well, the underworld was designed in uh, so you can't escape. So there's obstacles in the way and there's enemies in the way and the <laughs> corridors are always different because you're not meant to, to escape and your father, the god Hades, is doing everything he can to stop you. And like this is surface level gameplay stuff, but the, the game is incredibly deep in, in terms of story and atmosphere and characters. Nice. Everybody is voice acted. Uh, there's beautiful music as always and the, the game is just full of character and, and it's beautiful. Okay. All of Supergiant games have this very uh, handmade aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I've never and played even, one, but they've, they look oh, good. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're vis visually striking. And yeah. uh, even when there were just a couple of, well, not a couple, but like eight guys, they were an extremely small team. They had a dedicated musician on the team. So yeah. awesome. like sound is sound and, and visuals are extremely important. Yeah. And I know people love the uh, narrator in Bastion. Yeah, he's back. He he plays Hades and Captain. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, uh, yeah, his name is uh, Logan Cunningham. He's the voice of Transistor too. Like he's okay. so talented oh, right. that people can't even tell if yeah. he's the same guy. Uh, but yeah, and Darren Corb, the guy who makes all the music, uh, he is a voice actor in Hades. Uh, voices main character Zagreus and it's amazing I love it nice it does nice. sound like a really yeah. nice game I'll have to check that definitely out definitely recommend yep. it uh, for better or worse it's an epic store exclusive uh, oh okay one of those their, you know, <laughs> yeah they're doing this they're just buying exclusives uh, now uh, but when the store launched uh, Hades was a launch title it was 
from the very beginning. Okay. And the game is still in early access. Uh, they drop a major update every month. And I think they will be doing this for a year before they uh, consider the game completed. Yeah. So we've had like four updates uh, yeah. since launch. And um, yeah, the, the game will, will expand a lot. All right. Well, I'll probably keep an eye on that and uh, maybe see mm, it when it, it comes it out. It sounds like a very interesting thing. Yeah. Speaking of like Greek mythology games, that kind of reminds me of one that came out a couple of years ago that I played. Um, I've not played it recently or anything, but I'll just bring it up. Called um, uh, what was it called? It was called Apotheon. I've, I don't know if you've heard no, of it. No, I haven't heard. It's of a very that. small, like, uh, not very well known game, but it's like a, a side-scrolling combat game. Um, oh, wait. people call it like a Metroidvania style game. Yeah, I think I've seen it. It's it's so good uh, if you like the, sort of like Greek mythology. Stuff. Is, is very special. Yeah, it's all it all looks like uh, Greek uh, Greek art on um, from Greek vases. Um, yes, yes, I definitely. Now that you've said that, I definitely know exactly which one it is. Yeah, that's that's a great game in terms of like it's it's like Greek mythology as well. Like so, you're like um, I can't remember the story. Like the story is not very important, which is uh, strange for me to play a game like that. But you're basically just going throughout. Um, and killing all the gods, basically, nice. uh, as is pretty standard. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's no major PlayStation games that have the same premise. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or Titan Quest for, yeah. for PC gamers. Yeah, yeah. People love to kill those Greek gods. Um, yeah. Well, in yeah. Hades, you don't kill the gods; they help you. So yeah. finally, finally. Okay. First, yeah. Oh, maybe they'll, uh, when they fully release the game, maybe it'll kill them at the end. Who knows? Slight oh. plot twist. <laughs> um, Exciting. Yeah. It was just the God of War prequel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what else have we been playing recently? I've been playing, um, speaking of uh, how we're all PC gamers and stuff, I, I, uh, I actually last year bought a PS4. Um, and that's the first console I've bought in like quite a few years. But there was too many good games out last year. So God of War, which I've still not played much of, but I want to get around to the new um, Norse mythology God of War. Um, but the main one I've been playing is um, Red Dead Redemption Two. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, that game. I I won't. There's not much I can say about it because it's so just story focused. It's just such a good story. Um, and uh, the ga- the gameplay is great as well. It's just so um, detailed, and it's just cowboy simulator, basically. Like you can just do everything you'd ever want to do in the Wild West. Um, but then on top of that, there's just such a great story. Um, yeah, not to mention uh, horseball physics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. The, just the attention to detail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, what else? Uh, I. Another little like PC game I've played recently that people might not have heard of is called um, Dawn of Man. I um, don't know if people have seen that. Uh, no, I've not I, heard of that. I mentioned earlier in like RTSs how I like to just build nice villages and stuff. Well, this is that. This is a, a city, a city builder, but it's not really about cities because it's prehistoric, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's quite good on its sort of like prehistoric accuracy because it goes through um from the paleolithic to the 
Mesolithic, the Neolithic, the Bronze Age, the Iron Age, and it ends at the end of the Iron Age when you start developing steel. Um, but it's quite interesting in terms of history. It's history because the gameplay changes quite substantially um, as you go through the game. So at the start of the game, you're really struggling to survive with a small tribe, um, and there's quite a lot of micromanagement to like you're gathering together hunting parties to go and take down mammoths and things like that, and it's quite hard. Or like defending yourself against like saber tooth tiger attacks, um, and or if it's winter, you're trying not to freeze to death because you've just got to huddle around the fire. Um, and then when it just advances through the ages, you start developing like domesticated animals and um, farming and things like that, and it becomes much more of a sprawling um, city management game, um, and it can get quite big. And then the more dangerous animals start dying off as it goes through. Uh, time and the most dangerous animal of all of all starts coming out and that's uh, uh other humans so other like raiding parties start coming mm. to try and kidnap your people and kill them and all that and um yeah it's quite a, quite an interesting game it, you, you, sounds you, really interesting yeah yes yeah, sort of like a good combination between like an rts and just a city management game mm. um sounds like what sport tried to do back in the day yeah, sort of. Yeah, it's got. Yeah, there were things about Spore I liked about that. Yeah, the way the game changes throughout time. This isn't as ambitious as that because it's not about evolution to. Yeah, the way to space faring. It, it sounds more focused. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, and yeah, also this you, is a period that's not really covered a lot in video mm, games. Like yeah, we have. Yeah, games, you see a lot of medieval Drive, stuff. Primal and stuff, but not yeah. too many games like that. Yeah, and you know, you get you get um you know, like Age of Empires and stuff, the a main aspect of that is going through different ages and advancing. But oh, yeah. and you know, that's only focused on like early medieval to late medieval. Yeah. Where there's not a huge amount of difference um in terms of like fundamental gameplay. But the way the game changes drastically in this, um, for such a small, like simple game that's come out of nowhere, it handles it really well. Sounds yeah, great. Um so yeah, I thought it was just an interesting one that people might not have heard of. So yeah, just by the end of this recording, I'm going to end up with so many games I'm going to have to play. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to manage it. Um, and actually, on, on that note, I know that this is something we want to cover, but it, is there um, anything that you guys are actually looking forward that is coming out soon? Because I'm, I'm pretty much out of the loop. I've, I'm actively out of the loop to not um, sort of distract myself yeah. from the, the main goal. But... Like, I know that, for example, everyone is raging about the fact that the new Borderlands game is coming out and there is a board game that is also associated with the new Border, uh, Borderlands release. Um, but I, you know, I don't know if there is anything in particular. You guys are actually sort of yeah. waiting patiently. Yeah, I know you've, um, <laughs> you've played a bit of the, you like a bit of Crusader Kings too, don't you? Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. Um, I know you. Uh, I'll probably prefer Crusader Kings over it as well because it's medieval. But the new game made by Paradox, um, called Imperator Rome, is coming out. Yeah, I've heard about that. Um, that looks quite good because it's taking various aspects from their more recent um, grand strategy games, like um, Stellaris, which is their sci-fi one, yeah. and um, uh, their World War Two one, Heart, Hearts yeah. of Iron. Um, so all the interesting stuff with like combat and technology development and all of that and they're applying it just to like classical history yeah just um 
so that's going to be quite an interesting one. Hmm. Um, I think that's coming out in just a few days, actually. So oh wow, okay, so cool. very very new um, and recent releases. Yeah, so but you can kind of the, the problem with that game is as as good as it looks, you can kind of see they're setting it up to really nickel and dime you with a bunch of DLC like they love to. Like all of those games have a list of about like you know ten pages of like mm. tiny DLC yep. and a few big ones. Yeah, um, they cost like thousands of euros if you want to get them. Yeah, if you want to buy it all brand new, yeah, you just have to wait for a sale when it all goes on sale for a decent price. But with this one, they've limited the time period to like just the Roman Republic, and that's it. Like not much before and nothing after it. Like ends at the time of like Julius Caesar or something like that. So I mean, it's really limited scope in terms of um, time period. So I think that's fair enough because you know considering that some of the other games they've released like um, Europa Universalis, yeah, the other one, you know, they just cover the entirety. It's just such a huge period of time, yeah, and such a huge map. It can become an absolute nightmare to just manage it. So you know, if they're just doing yeah. a new one that is just purely focused on, yeah, it definitely makes sense. Rome, yeah, then that's it. Um, yeah. And I think it's a history period that really propitiates itself for the actual game mechanic. So I can certainly see the appeal. Yeah, that's sort of very like political game and all that definitely suits it to that um, period. But I, I can tell already that they're going to introduce like four different DLCs that oh, yeah, of course. push the time be... period back and forward by a few hundred years. It's going to be um... DLCs short. <laughs> but that's just what we live with these days. Uh, sadly, that's how the industry is going. Um, there's a few other things coming out but yeah do you have anything you're looking forward to Nick well generally I try not to look forward to new games because <laughs> I have yeah I have a huge backlog of games that yeah. I need to finish I've, I've had more than 300 games in Steam and I <laughs> yeah. played them but I'm actually looking forward to the new Vampire the Masquerade game yes yeah that's yeah, the one bloodlines. the one exception I've made. Right? I yeah. am waiting I believe that's... for Bloodlines 2, like nothing. Oh. Yeah. I believe it's coming out next year. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's still... Because uh, there's yeah. been a lot of like game announcements where they announce it mm -hmm. these days, and it's not coming out for another five years, yeah. which has just been yeah. annoying. That's, but... that's why I avoided getting high, like Cyberpunk, for example, because... Yeah. Not coming anytime soon. Cyberpunk is a yeah. big one, but no, no yeah, yeah, Vampire um, Bloodlines right, yeah. Two. Blood There's no Blood gameplay Blood. or any details yet, but I'm hoping it'll be good. I, I I have no doubt that the game would be good because the thing is, the original game was actually a really good game. Yeah, maybe it looked a bit dated by the time it came out, but you know, as as a 100% born and bred vampire the masquerade world of darkness fan mm -hmm. the game mm -hmm. actually really brought that world alive even though it may have not looked as polished as some other yeah. you know products of, of the time um it was genuinely a lot of fun mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and i think that you know technology has advanced now um particularly in terms of graphics to a degree where a very visually aesthetic game such as this one can really properly flourish and really become well i don't want to say a masterpiece because i don't want all of my hopes and dreams <laughs> to be crashed <laughs> well yeah it's I genuinely, I genuinely think it's gonna be a really good game and and i think it's gonna have some interesting mechanics like i know they've been keeping it secret but i don't know i i just get a good feeling about it 
Well, it's it's hard to say when I, I think the first one came out like mid two thousands or something. Yep. Um, so you know, it's hard to say when a sequel has come out that long after. Mm. And I don't even is it made by the same people? I'm not even sure. I um, can't tell you. Um, so you can't. You don't really have anything to go on with how yeah. good it's going to be. It's all just guesswork at the moment. But yep. <laughs> if they just, if they build yeah. upon what the the old game was good at, I mean, yeah. I I played it when I was a kid, so you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. But um, the the fact that it was just such a good like story focused like RPG, and your character creation actually had a big effect on the gameplay with like choosing your um, vampire um, clan. Um, and the different options that gave you in gameplay, you know, if they stick to that, then that's all I really want. Yeah, the general consensus is that the original game was very buggy, and that's the yeah, that's the biggest issue with it. But the gameplay was amazing, the story was well crafted, and it's a cult classic even to this day. Yeah. So if they take what made the first game good and just use the new technology and skill that people have acquired i think the game will be solid yeah so yeah i i actually feel that this game will be amazing yeah um yeah so i mean there's a few other things coming out and they're all kind of a bit similar like uh, vampire the masquerade bloodlines and cyberpunk we've already talked about these are all sort of like really story focused uh single player games and they recently announced the new star wars game yeah, I was about to mention that. Single player. And, and yeah. yeah, the big thing about that is, you know, everyone knows that EA is um, the worst games yeah. company around because they, they just want to, you know, go with what makes the most money. And these days that's multiplayer games or something where they just uh, stick a load of loot boxes and other things like that in. Um, so everyone's patting them on the back now for saying... The new um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, they've decided to make it a normal game rather than yeah. full of all this they crap. Did, the, the, uh, they did what uh, normally Red does, and they're like, "Hey guys, we want Nico and Daimyo, and there's yeah. no they want DLC. We'll just no. make a good single player game. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, with no forced online stuff, no random crap it's just gonna be a game you know that's so rare these days from big companies so and ea especially have messed up their star wars license for yeah the last few no, years respawn uh, really did them a huge favor with Apex legends uh, because yeah. they they helped with their image a lot i think yeah yeah um but yeah again with that game there's no real details apart from the good news that it'll just be a decent single player game for the most part. So we'll see how that comes out. Yeah. Um, also, they have lots of assets to use because there's like what two or three canceled Star Wars games now. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing. It's it's funny that they're making this now. <laughs> there's like th- there were going to be like over the past few years there were going to be a handful of you know single player RPGs or just single player like story based action games or yeah. set in Star Wars and they just scrapped them all because they wanted to make MMOs oh, or online games or other things because um, they for over a decade and a half now big publishers have been saying oh single player is dead everyone wants just to play multiplayer now um, but 
certain games come along and prove that completely wrong. So mm. um, maybe they're starting to realize that people like well-crafted games that they can just play and enjoy on their own sometimes. But we'll yeah. see how that works out. Um, speaking of RPGs and things, there's a game coming out this year called The Outer Worlds, which I'm quite looking forward to. You've talked to me about this before, but I don't actually. Um, I, I, that's that's it. That's all I know about. By the original yeah. makers of Fallout. And... Uh, yeah, and Obsidian. Uh, as yes. yeah. Um, so Obsidian's such a weird developer because a lot of the games of theirs that I like are like their weird, like sequels they've made to other people's games. Like they made Neverwinter Nights two, they made Knights of the Old Republic two. And they made uh, Fallout New Vegas. Um, so they, they, a lot of the time, their best games have not been their own original stuff. And in recent years, they've made things like Pillars of Eternity, which are sort of their Baldur's Gate-style um, classic RPGs. Um, but I wasn't particularly into those, so I'm quite interested to see um, what they do with Outer Worlds, because that's going to be a big, um, you know, high-budget, um, modern graphics um, single-player RPG, like with first-person shooter aspects to it, so something like Fallout, but hopefully a lot better because they've always been good at Insane. creating worlds and stories. Yeah, sci-fi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and also um, they they excel in writing. This exactly, is definitely their strong suit. So we can expect great story, great narrative. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, because people always say that, like, and I think I agree, like. For example, Knights of the Old Republic is one of my favorite RPGs of all time, but the second one just had such a more interesting and um, deep story to it um, going on, I think. Um, and that's just because they took control of it instead of uh, instead of Bioware. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll see how that comes out. I think that's coming out in a few months or something, mm -hmm. so or maybe beginning of next year. Uh, but yeah, again... A lot of a lot of games I'm looking forward to are like several years away, so it's good to have a couple of things that are not too far off. Because um, on the horizon, eventually there'll be a new Elder Scrolls. Oh yes, um, <clears throat> Elder Scrolls. The developments on that front have been quite interesting as well. So yeah, again, I don't really want to get too hyped about these things because no, it always ends up yeah. in tears, tears and drama. Yeah, <laughs> Bethesda in the last few years have been a bit disappointing, to yeah. say the least. Um, they really need to pull their finger out with Elder Scrolls 6, otherwise I can't see them doing very well. I mean, I'm sure people will buy it because it's Elder Scrolls. <laughs> Skyrim is one of the best-selling games of all time now, but yeah. um, they can't rely on that alone for too long. They need to actually innovate somewhere um, oh, yeah. like they, they used to. They've been struggling with the same issues for the past like 10 years or more. Yeah. Yeah. And that's due to fundamental flaws in their engine. So people are now begging them to change their engine. And apparently they won't. Apparently they're just upgrading it again, like they said they already have. But mm. hopefully this is a more substantial upgrade than they said they did with Fallout 4, which didn't feel that much. It was just, you know, a bit well, graphically better, and that's mostly it. You know, I if am... I've... Sorry. Go no, on. you go. <laughs> I was going to say that I'm personally about a very nerdy aspect of Elder Scrolls 6. Uh, they said that they'll be using photogrammetry, which mm. means oh, yeah. they'll be taking pictures of real-world objects yeah. and putting them in the game. 
yeah uh, this is something that the company i work for right now is doing so this is like a, a personal okay. thing for me mm. i mean <laughs> yeah. that's cool it'll yeah, look good I, then i'm glad that <laughs> they're finally making it in uh in in gaming it's gonna be beneficial i think yeah so at the very least it'll look good and they're sort of oh, yeah. innovating there but hopefully that's not where they stop the improvements hopefully there's more oh, fundamental yeah. gameplay and improvements. you can't really uh, do photogrammed argonians so no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get some no, lizards just, yeah. no. just go to the desert film some geckos and then just play it over <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that sounds amazing well yeah. um on that note i think we've we're reaching the end so if i could ask you two to out of all of the games that you may have literally on your stockpile right now to recommend to people that you know you should go and play this game not necessarily the best game not necessarily you know the prettiest game just one that you think <laughs> oh you know that would be amazing just out of the blue even if it's for a couple of hours which one which one would your two yes, picks be easy. nicola and alex easy that would be transistor by Supergiant. it's free right now on epic store so just go and click the button and get it for free and play it please <laughs> there you go <laughs> and you alex oh what do I, what do i say um uh, I, I might say something i wish more people played yeah um, but i i know it won't be everyone's cup of tea but it's um insurgency sandstorm oh. um i'm quite into sort of semi-hardcore first person shooters and i think um, this game needs a lot more love because it's it's just so, got such a great developer who came out of the modding scene. You know, they originally started making just um, uh, source mods um, for um, for their own games, and Insurgency Sandstorm is their latest one they've come out with. It released uh, officially at the beginning of this year, and um, it's only got a very small player base. So I hope more people play it. It's just a really well polished um really well detailed multiplayer first person shooter um and it's just really solid so stop playing call of duty and things like that <laughs> and play this because it's just marvelous excellent yeah. well with those two recommendations i think here comes the end of our first in many to come apparently by how the discussion has go into our line of uh, video game discussions so um, we'll yeah. be seeing you in the next one uh, we will have some special guests joining us on board and we will not spoil them just yet so um just tune in <laughs> and uh, have a good night bye bye good night.